0: Yeah, back then, you know again this was 2008, I had less of a a business mind back then. So back then to me it was more like akin to what if someone took something from me, how would I like that? Oh well, that, that's yeah. the bad guy, I'm the good guy. But like you just said, it it was a brilliant move, a billion dollars to basically take number 2 back then. This was the early days of the modern smartphone so yeah. number two today cool. is a whole different beast than back then. They set themselves up for major growth at the cost of a billion dollars, which was nothing. The other thing Samsung did, which a lot of people don't realize, is HTC was primed to be number two and almost even with Apple. And what Samsung did, I had this great discussion with a very, very high, he's actually a CEO of a major company today. And he said, most people don't realize that Samsung put 4G into their phone very early when almost no one supported 4G. Welcome to Geared Up, I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of tech and gadgets. And John, we've actually broken the streak this week. It needed to be broken. We couldn't, we couldn't top it. This week, instead of having the best guest of all time, but still equal to all previous guests, we actually have found a guest that will surpass all previous guests. And that guest this week is our listenership and fan base. They are here this week and joining us.
1: Yes, happy to have everybody here. So podcast will be a little bit different. Andrew and I are going to talk about got a bunch of topics to go through. But then in between each topic, we're going to bring you guys in to ask questions. And if you want to ask questions and be on camera, uh, you can join the front row. Little thing, it looks like VIP. Click it. We'll Mm -hmm. see you down below. We can bring you on a camera. If you want to ask a question, just like in the chat, we can talk about, hit the questions tab and ask it there. We may not see all the stuff that comes up in
0: the actual live chat. Yeah. So if you have a specific question and you don't want to join us on stage, why, why wouldn't you want to join us on stage? Get your face up here. Talk to us one on one. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to leave questions, hit the questions tab and we'll be sure to see them there. Now, as we said, this show is going to be full of guests. We've got our first one, one of my favorite people to speak to and eat dinner with, Mister Jason Nellis. How are well, you doing, sir?
2: I am doing fine, thanks. And now that you've said that, now I'm just hungry, which is really disappointing for me <laughs> because I have nothing to eat in front of me. But that's fine. That's fine. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me up on the show. I'm happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. It's strange for me because normally I host super shows, but to watch you guys do your podcast and to be a part of this and, and to now be immortalized in the geared up podcast world feels great.
1: Are we the first podcast to ever be hosted on super?
2: You are. So for folks that are new to super, we're a platform that allows uh, content creators like John and Andrew to host events where they get to connect with their audiences through, you know, these kinds of uh, uh, intimate conversations. And you are in fact, the first one that we've had where somebody is recording a podcast live it's a lot of fun and i'm pretty stoked to see how the hour turns out
0: yeah so so for the listeners because we're obviously yeah. we're doing a live show for people yep. who are here but this audio is going to also become this week's podcast Correct. episode so for people hearing this we're at super dot events right now and john and i can see each other almost in like a, a zoomish type of chat and then we can bring people in like jason or others to, and see them, and we can talk with them as well, hear them, see them. And one by one, we can bring guests up and down from the yep. – is this a stage? What, it is stage. This, this is, is the stage.
2: stage. Well, so that's that's the point. We, we wanted to build a platform where you got to share the stage with your favorite influencers, content mm-hmm. creators, and dare I say, YouTubers, which I know is Andrew's favorite term you of all time. Say that the trigger I word for Andrew. It's, it's, yeah, he gets a little uh, – He gets a little hot under the collar whenever I say that, but it's worth it just to see him get angry. But no, this is really exciting. I mean, I've had the pleasure of hosting both of you on Super. This is the first time I've ever been a guest on Super, and I don't know what to do. It's very confusing. Right. You don't have the control. I have all the controls right now. You do. On my screen. So you're just here to talk to us. I am. And since I rarely get the chance to ask questions as an audience member, particularly of the two of you, I have to ask favorite ice cream flavor, because I feel like we're going to have to go out and get some food at some point, and I got to start planning. I mean, that's an, that's an easy one. That, that
1: is flavor. pistachio a hundred out of a hundred times. It's a solid pistachio. choice. See, no one saw it coming. I am full of surprises. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are.
0: I mean, that, that is a great flavor, though, I will admit, as is another rarity, rum raisin, although that is not my mm-hmm. favorite. When I see yes. rum raisin, I'm like, I might have to get that. I may have had my favorite ice cream and discovered it two days ago. It was, you take the cereal. Lucky Charms, and you soak it in the milk, and then you use that milk to make the ice cream base, and then you mix in the marshmallows into the cereal, so it basically becomes a Lucky charm. Yeah,
2: it's we had that at Milk Bar at CES, didn't we? No, we did <laughs> not have that
0: at Milk Bar. They did not have Lucky Charms. no, that that is corn. They have cornflake. Got it. All got, right, it. got it, Andrew. Anything cereal, I'm happy with. Quite yeah. honestly. There. Andrew,
1: I got to get us yes. to our first topic. Okay, great. Let's do it. Jason, you are welcome to stay here, join us, and chime in. You Andrew is in start... control. Yeah, usually I'll have our... to stick around. Our first topics are usually happy, upbeat, exciting bits of news, but Not it's a busy. sad day. We need to start off with the funeral. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here this evening in remembrance of LG Mobile. LG Mobile released their yeah. first Android smartphone in two thousand nine. First tablet in two thousand eleven. They are best known for their G series of smartphones and a mm-hmm. wide range of other products. They brought us pre Android smartphones like the LG Prada, LG Chocolate, the Wing. Most recently was their hit. It looked like the future was turning around; it was bright. But LG Electronic, but LG Electronics, LG Mobile Phone Division, yes, is is no more, and it is Correct. a. I think a lot of ways a sad day, and I think. If we'd all bought phones as much as we like sharing the remembrance of LG, perhaps we'd be having a different meeting here. But I want to talk about LG for a little bit. What happened, where the beginning of the end was for them, was Decision Smart? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll jump in, Andrew, and then I'll throw it to you. Please. In, in my estimation, the LG G4, I think, was the beginning of the end of LG Mobile. And they had done a lot of really excellent innovation on the hardware side. G Flex with backs that were healing themselves, they had done a lot of really interesting things. I believe they were the first major manufacturer to put the fingerprint reader on the back, which seemed like a crazy, weird thing to have. They stuck by the headphone jack when everybody else had beaten them. It was, it was pretty amazing. But software issues, boot loop issues, they never got the software as right as they were. It was a tough day. And I think people who jumped on the G4 train never gave LG a chance after that. I think the reputation was... Too damaged. The competition got too great. Other players came in. The, the players from China, but OnePlus came in, and of course Samsung and Apple.
0: Yeah, I agree. If I could be contrarian for a moment, though, a little bit. Do it. I don't know that I'm that I'm so sad about the disappearance of LG Mobile. Fair enough. Okay. Like, listen, what I I do like competition. The more competition that's out there, the better. I'm not going to say it as a blanket statement, but I think that overall, that's pretty much the sentiment in any industry. The more competition Mm -hmm. there is, the better it is for the average consumer out there because all the companies kind of push each other to be better and be greater because they want you to choose their product versus, you know, the other five or six versus just the other one that may be out there. I feel like LG as a company, like phones didn't really matter to them. It's almost like Google. Like Google has so many things they pay attention to that the pixel is not a priority when you compare it to like advertising, search, YouTube, sure. things like that. Like the Pixel is just it's just kind of out there. Versus Samsung, who basically paid a billion dollars to become number two. Sure. Samsung copied basically the iPhone and was found guilty of copying the iPhone and had to pay a billion dollar fine but that billion dollars was nothing to become the number 2 like that was here's here's my payment and now we're number 2 fantastic so LG didn't do that they're making these great TVs they make washers and dryers they make refrigerators that they're so spread thin that i don't know how you can say they really gave it their best shot with phones
1: i think that's a fair a fair take so i want i want to
2: share a story i want to, we're oh, going to get wait, back
0: jason J- Jason's raising his hand. Let this man right. say something. Yeah.
2: So you got right. plenty of other people in the in the front row here that I think ha- are going to have much stronger opinions. So I'm I'm going to ask Andrew if you can kick me off after I say this one thing, you know which is I've never used an LG phone. Nobody I know was ever impressed with an LG phone, and I'm not sure it's going to be that sad to see them leave. And I know saying something so controversial and so brave at the same time is is really brutal. But there it is. I mean, all right. I'm going to let Jason go.
1: All right. So before we bring in this next point, Andrew, can you bring in painfully honest tech here? Because this point, I think, ties into him pretty well.
0: Bringing him in right now.
1: Can you guys hear me? I can. And the reason I wanted you here first was to say hello. uh, But also, LG. Hold on. Let people
0: know who are listening.
1: Let people know who are listening. We're going to get there. Hold on. I'm I'm teeing up an intro. Come on, man. LG was, I think, one of the last of of the major manufacturers that cared about the quality of their audio. And you could say what you want about LG, and people, people clearly spoke that they didn't care. But with DAC and Headphone Jack, a lot of people, LG was really their only option that they had left. That is true. So I thought bringing in uh, Painfully Honest Tech here, who I know is a, a very talented musician, I'd be curious about your thoughts on LG, how they sort of fit into the music space, and of course, allow you to introduce yourself before Andrew interrupts. Man, that's a good ear.
3: Well, good good eve- good evening, afternoon, whatever it is right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for bringing me on. I kind of hear both what both of you guys are saying. LG is the only manufacturer that stuck with the headphone jack, and they didn't just stick with the headphone jack. They made the best headphone jack that you could possibly hope for in a smartphone and said, we're going with it. Year after year, it was like is LG finally going to drop the headphone jack? And it was looking like you know 2021 might be, be the year that they they were going to, but and no headphone jack on the wing, you know that that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, and this kind of goes to what Andrew was saying. They didn't market their phones to me, and I've said this multiple times on streams that I've had and in, in, in videos. If they had marketed to the audiophile community if they had said that if you love music you'll love this phone this is what we're bringing to the table then maybe that's one of the ways that they stay relevant i had somebody just comment on i think one of my videos that said if lg made like a, just a plain bare bones android phone that had no super bells and whistles or anything like that, but just almost like a play edition phone, but with that headphone jack right. at six hundred bucks. That may be how they stay relevant because they just they stayed too close to Samsung and Apple. What they tried to do to differentiate themselves didn't work. Answer yeah,
0: this um, question. Yeah, I don't claim to know the answer to this one hundred percent, but is marketing the fact that you have a fantastic headphone jack for music lovers when i assume most people who would claim to be music lovers have moved on to wireless headphones isn't that almost akin to saying hey by our laptop we still have the best cd rom drive that you can get no one else is putting it in there
4: no, no.
1: That, that that's that's not those aren't even two those aren't even close Things,
3: Yeah, I, I think that if you're somebody who, especially somebody who's a headphone aficionado, who has multiple sets of high impedance headphones that you know, they love to listen to Tidal on and get the most out of that high quality streaming that Tidal gives you, or they have their own collection of stuff that they want to load onto an SD card and, and drop into their phone, there are more people out there that do that. I mean, they might not be the most visible, but if you go on headfi.org or if you go, you know, any of those places there, (laughs) there are forums and and all different kinds of stuff of people who are really into that and who really value having that opportunity. They're still like Sony. Sony still sells like a thousand dollar MP3 player. (laughs) Yeah. So Does it sell I, well, though? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it sells well enough for them to keep making it. And, you know, Fio still sells dedicated stuff for music listening. I just think that LG tried to play in the market where Samsung was willing to pay a billion dollars to yeah, be mm-hmm. number two. And Apple was all in on the on the iPhone from day one. And LG, they just didn't come to the table. They were one of the only companies that probably could have competed with them, but they had the boot loop issues and they never advertised their phones and they never advertised them to a market of people that would say, Hey, that's an alternative to me. Instead of going Samsung with no headphone jack, instead of going Apple with no headphone jack, you know, that's, that's something that I can, you know, I can eliminate one thing out of my, out of my arsenal and still have the high-quality audio. Yeah. I, so I think in terms of CD-ROMs, I mean, CD-ROMs are dead media, whereas I think high-quality headphones for the people who really love them are always going to be superior to wireless headphones, or at least for quite a while because oh, yeah. you just can't move that bandwidth. So we, and I I agree with that 100%.
1: We obviously have the benefit of hindsight, right? I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse, um, you know, on the the corpse of of LG Mobile here, but I think there's a lot of things that could have been done different. And if we can just look back as an exercise for what could have been done, I think what was just said about leaning into a stock Android experience would have been a very solid way to differentiate. LG leans really heavily into software as service, and that's why there wasn't a stock Android experience. With duplicate apps, with preloaded apps being put in there that they obviously get paid for. It was a Trojan horse to get you into LG software. And their software was never their strong point. And when you look at what transpired, it became very obvious and consumers spoke with that. But to sort of harken the point of the audio side of things, marketing themselves as the anti-Samsung, the anti-Apple. We care about this subset. You have companies that are building a whole reputation on gaming for smartphones, which I would argue is a smaller market than those who care about high-quality audio. Could have been a really interesting niche for niche for LG to, to be in. Their screens were always amazing. Heck, they make screens for almost every other phone before Samsung jumped in. But they relied really heavily on their software, and software was never ever the strong point of what they offered. And just to, as an example, I guess we can share this now behind the scenes. Andrew, were you in San Francisco for the G8? Unveiling and like pre-brief that we had in person. Yes, sir. Do you remember they had the gestures where you kind of had to make a little claw hand? Oh my! And you God. could turn I it. i Forgot about that. Do you yeah. remember yeah.
3: that?
1: Yes. Terrible. Because so they had you could you could gesture. It was like kind of solely based stuff, or it seemed like solely inspired at least. And they touted this for a while to people in the room how amazing it was, and they gave us advices to to film while we were there. And I looked around this, this spot at some of the largest, most influential YouTubers on the market. in the world and everybody's going like this and then raising their hands like (laughs) it's not working it's not working it's not working and i think that it's not working and that frustration was just uh what happened with with lg i don't want to push that it was just one topic but i did want to talk about it and i really did you want jason's opinion here as somebody i know who
0: cares about music yeah yeah yes yes And Jason, if you stick around, we may have other topics we might want to bring you back up for, if you have the time. If you're able.
3: Oh, yeah, I'll I'll hang around for quite a while. You know, cool.
0: All right, let me bring up another guy who I know has some strong opinions on this topic. Incredible opinions. He's just a strong man in general. Where did John go? Where did John go? Well, listen, John is going to, while he's refreshing his screen, I'm bringing in the most opinionated men in tech, Mr. Thunder E. Enabon. how are you doing, sir? I am good. Can you see me? We can see you. You look great.
4: Thanks for having me, guys. I want to thank Warren for letting me know about this because I wanted to jump in because I've been seeing a lot of tweets about LG's failures and how sometimes we influencers have, have played into it in terms of reviews and coverage. But honestly, that is just not true because this failure started from LG. I mean, If you look at what they said, they had five years of just poor results. I can't remember how many quarters they stated. And we can trace this back all the way to the G5. Now, LG is a company that you can go to many different points of what has has happened with the company and say it's this or that. But when it comes down to the brass taxes, LG never advertised at all properly. That's the first thing. They also had a poor release strategy. They relied on carriers to release their devices, which means we would get devices hands-on, in January, say, I'm just giving the month, uh, review will, will be dropped two months after, in maybe March, and then it gets released in May. How do you expect the consumer to care about your device at that point? doesn't matter what anyone it's, says. Yeah, if you say right. it's a fantastic device, it is lost in the shuffle. Then It feels old at ooh, that point, even though it's not even it's, out yet. It feels like it's old. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely correct. And then you have the points you stated with software where, their software, you know, they pushed a lot of software things that just didn't make sense. You know, I, one prime example was, I beat last year with the V60. I went to the briefing and LG said, hey, we're going to focus a lot of gaming on this device because we've got mm-hmm. the dual screens and you can yeah. have the controls on the air and the screen. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They're like, we talked to a lot of gamers and things like that. I'm like, all right, so your case, does it have button triggers on there? And they're like, no. And I'm going... Then why are you telling me you're focusing on gaming when the biggest games people play are PUBG Mobile, Call of Duty Mobile, anything that has to be a shooter and you don't have surface triggers? Why are you wasting my time? And the response was, where well, we were thinking about it, and we'll see. We didn't want to deter. I'm like, your triggers don't have to be massive, they just have to be available and they could be remapped as a camera, but yeah. if you wanted to. Did like simple things like that. And to me, LG's always been little brother. That's what I call them. They're little brother. As a company, Samsung is big brother, LG's little brother. There are certain things LG does well, and they live in the shadow of big brother, and they couldn't step away from that shadow. They didn't realize that, look, HTC made a mistake. And looked at that mistake and said, okay, let's not do any of that. Let's see what's happening. They didn't look at OnePlus and say OnePlus is a smaller company, but they're doing something well. Let's copy some mm-hmm. of that. And do this. I mean, with a company that makes so many components, they make components themselves. They make, they make displays, they make batteries, they make some memory, not individual memory units, but they do have a, a memory division. So they have the components to make a smartphone. They have divisions that can support that growth. You know, there's something Renee always talks about. It's like, look, the reason smart, smartphone business is difficult is because it requires a lot of spend, and also you're going to lose a lot of money for a while. As long as you have divisions that cover, you look at Apple, Apple has, you know, different business segments that are profitable. Same thing with Samsung. Yeah. LG has those. But then they use the mistake of saying, because we have bigger units, we must force what the bigger unit is doing to our platform. Remember the Thank You branding? I mean, that to me just reeks of having lack of focus and not understanding the market you're in. Now, we can always go back and say, hey, look, reviewers didn't like it or didn't compare or it was an issue pointing out the fact that, look, a lot of big tech reviewers just didn't see LG favorable. And that may be true, but also LG didn't live up to the standards it created. That's the yeah. that's the part of people, you know, we live in short-term memory because, you know, we've been in this game, all three of us here have been in this game for years. And we know how long this has gone. You know, I was talking to Danny Wingate earlier and I was like, I missed the LGs of the LG Flex days, the original Flex. Yes, it didn't do well, but it was such a cool concept device. And they were the first ones to bring the Quad DAC to smartphones. Mm -hmm. You know, you you were talking about audio earlier and not focusing on that. They kept the removable battery on for a while. They're talking about modular smartphones, but it seems like they couldn't take that innovative thinking and then streamline it to a market that's more mature. They kind of just went off guilt, But I know I'm just, I'm talking and I'm things out. I think it was just because today seeing people say it, it was a lot of influencers' fault, to me, is just absolutely rubbish. Because as much as we have influence, we do not have the power to sway stupidity from a company's trajectory that they're taking themselves into. Just hands down. you.
0: I feel you. Now I appreciate that. I appreciate well that take. I want you to stick around because we have another topic we're going to talk about soon uh, regarding Game Pass that I think you need to be a part of. But I do want to say one thing about ThinQ. I think LG would say, "No, we were focused because ThinQ wasn't just on our phones, it's on our stoves, it's on our yeah. fridges, it's on our washer dryers and they think as a company that they're creating a whole ecosystem that really nobody bought into. So mm-hmm. there you go. No, no. I, again, stick around. I do for agree us. We you got to bring that, yeah. someone else up real quick, John. Yes. Are you ready? ready to switch? Ready to switch topics, ready. topics here? All right. Other people who have joined the show may be fans of us, but we've got someone here who has supported our show and us just in general for quite a while. This is um, Jonathan. I'm bringing him up here. Jonathan,
5: how are you doing, sir? What's up, guys? Nice hey, to uh, finally meet you. I'm uh, NYR Good to see fan you. on on Twitter, so. It
1: is nice to meet somebody with a wonderful name. I want to throw that, throw that <laughs> one.
5: Before I get to the next
1: topic, Jonathan, I do want to ask you first, do you have questions that you want to ask us directly? And then I can pivot to our next topic and we can sort of leave you here to share your opinion.
5: My question wasn't really on LG, but I actually wanted to just say that like, if you don't rem- remember the uh, first camera phones that Verizon had back in the mm-hmm. day, that was my uh, LG experience and the chocolate.
1: Yeah, that was a great phone
5: a the Dual screen, but uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. I don't know if it's a topic further down in the, the podcast about Apple's future as we get. They've just passed 45 years. What you think, keeping themselves in the forefront of tech, what they need to do to do that?
1: Andrew, the question is, Apple keeping themselves at the forefront of tech. I think
5: Apple's doing exactly what they need to be doing.
1: I mean, Apple is innovating where appropriate and moving into new markets realistically. Yeah, um, you know, so they're not pivoting into crazy new things they don't see a market for. The next yeah, thing we'll, pro- we'll probably see, at least appears to be the AR glasses and that augmented reality space. I don't know how big or little that is. If Apple's moving in, you can bet the house it's going to be a crowded space very soon.
5: Yeah, um, I feel like Samsung will come out with something like first and then Apple will just sit there taking notes quietly and then I'll swoop in and grab the lead. That's how Apple
1: doesn't. But I do sort of have a that's a good pivot to my next topic that I'm back. Andrew brought up, who I still can't hear. Um, <laughs> by the way. There it is. It's back. Know. So Andrew, All you right. brought up you brought up Samsung earlier. Yeah. And this wasn't a topic I plan on discussing. It's a bit of an older discussion, but I think in light of LG, it's extra relevant right now. So you said Samsung paid a billion dollars to become number two. And I think up until last quarter, they were number one until so they yep. were overtaken by Apple. And I wanted to talk about that for a minute because people may forget. What happened and what transpired. Sure. And this is by Samsung. i to mission this is these are court records. This is a, this is a public dispute. Samsung essentially, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, saw themselves a few years ago, probably about now about 10 years ago. Let's say
0: like 2008.
1: As, yeah. As behind in the space, behind in the mobile space. And they clearly had two paths. They could go their own path of their own RD, trial, test, spend a lot of money with these products, see what works and doesn't work and adjust like a lot of companies do. Or they could essentially take their R&D from Apple. They could use what Apple had been doing. They could use Apple's design language. They could use a lot of Apple's R&D, put it in their phones, knowing very well they were going to pay a price for that down the road. The ethics are one conversation of that. And the business decision is another conversation, I think. And obviously, it has paid off for Samsung their S line when it started versus what their S line is now is, is heavily influenced by what transpired in the past in 2008 and prior, uh, and after rather, and they paid a billion dollars for it. Now, I argue from a business standpoint, it was probably one of the most brilliant business moves in the history of modern business. For sure. Their R&D costs yeah. would have by all accounts been four to five X what that would have been, and there's no guarantee they would have been in the one or number two spot for smartphone market share, depending on, on the oh, quarter. Yeah. The ethics out of it, is a very different discussion. And certainly, I think that's a very clear, clear-cut clear answer there as well. But Andrew, I wanted to ask you your opinion on what Samsung, what Samsung did. And I'm not trying to editorialize it. Uh, certainly, it, it yeah. paid off you know, for them. But what's, where do you sort of fall on that?
0: Yeah, back then, you know, again, this was 2008. I had less of a, a business mind back then. So back then, to me, it was more like akin to what if someone took something from me? How would I like that? Oh, well, that's the bad guy. I'm the good guy. But like you just said, it it was a brilliant move. A billion dollars to basically take number two back then. This was the early days of the modern smartphone. So number two today is a whole different beast than back then. They set themselves up for major growth. At the cost of a billion dollars which was nothing the other thing samsung did which a lot of people don't realize is htc was primed to be number two and almost even with apple and what samsung did i had this great discussion with a very very high he's actually a ceo of a major company today and he said most people don't realize that samsung put 4g into their phone very early when almost no one supported 4g but yes, and what happened there is because they did that, they made deals with all the carriers. The carriers are going to charge you more for 4G. So when you went into a carrier store, the employees were told 4G phones are the future. We're going to be selling 4G plans for, you know, five or 10 bucks more per month. Promote these phones first. If someone comes in and they want a phone, this is our priority. And that moved. Because back then, carrier stores were what it was all about. You weren't pre-ordering directly from Samsung or anything. Apple was probably the only one you pre-ordered directly from. You're going to the mobile phone. So when they started pushing these Samsung devices, they had them at the front of the stores. They would tell people, hey, this is what you want to buy. This is going to be the new hotness. Samsung basically stole the number two spot just by putting in this technology that no one was ready to use yet two years before Apple put it into the iPhone 5. So it was a one-two punch. We're going to copy the iPhone, but we're going to have faster wireless networking, or at least we're going to say we do, even though you may not be able to connect. to it. yeah. It's kind of like today with 5G. You may not be able to connect to 5G, but when you hear your phone has it, you're going to assume it's going to be a faster experience. So Samsung really did come through with a brilliant move to take the number two spots, back then which was very important because it allowed them to continue growing and i I feel like when they came out with the s6 that's when they diverged from oh this is just the android version of an apple device to actually having their own look and feel and kind of signature about their devices
1: and i think the the point that's being made in the comments too is the marketing behind it remember the commercials Mm -hmm. mocking the people waiting in line for phones you know, we can't be for Apple. I mean, Samsung's marketing was, was absolutely brilliant. So Jonathan, I want to give you the opportunity yeah. to have any, any more questions you want to ask before we pivot over to our next topic.
5: Well, I just want to say also, I agree with uh, Andrew that that's when S6 is when they kind of separated themselves from the pack and kind of grew to what they are today. I do definitely, I've seen people say that I have much respect for Samsung's phones. I happen to be an iPhone user, I got the iPhone 12 pro right here. So, uh, I'm not on the iPhone upgrade not program, not but uh, mm-hmm. I've gained a lot of, like, I just I just actually wanted to come on and also say thank you to you both verbally, thank how you, much man. you've influenced me and helped my work, just by being we what you do. That.
1: Thank you, Jonathan.
5: So you should have continued success in all That's you amazing. do, and, and then we should, you should have good health as well. I know we're still getting out of, the, out of the pandemic, but, you know, Andrew, you just got your shot the other day, so kudos. <laughs> I did. Thank you. Thank you, John. So I keep for, up with kind of people words. who I, uh, you know, and I share your I continue to push your brands, so to speak, with people around here.
1: Thank you for the, the kind words and, and your support. Thank you, my friend. Always, Thank you. Always. All right, Andrew. All right. I'm going to move on to your yes. favorite topic. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to let you run with it. Hey, do you have any strong opinions about Game Pass?
0: Oh, boy. Okay. See I, I asked Anna Bong to stick around. I also see Warren down there. These two gentlemen are going to have to join in on this topic. But I just want to say, Jonathan, are you familiar with MLB The Show? It's a video game.
1: Yes, of course. Okay. i make sp- sure. Sports, sports fan. Of course I'm that is MLB The that Show. My problem, okay. though, is that it's another game, right? It gets expensive to buy these games
0: every sure year. Does. $60, $70. But here's the thing with MLB The Show. It has been a PlayStation staple mm-hmm. and exclusive for over a decade, maybe even two. It's been a very long time. Yes. If you want to play this game, you had to have a PlayStation or know someone with a PlayStation and go to their house. Now, the MLB said, because Sony makes the game, Sony makes the game, but they're licensing from the MLB. So here's what happened. MLB says, hey, Sony, we want more people to be able to access this game You are putting this on the Xbox as well. We're putting it on the Xbox, okay? So people can buy it on PlayStation. People can buy it on Xbox. I believe this game is going to be $60 or $70, okay? No big deal. It's still surprising it's coming to Xbox, but the fact that this new fact caused so much controversy. Microsoft went to the MLB and said, hey, we have this new thing called Game Pass, People pay us 15 bucks a month or even 10, 10 bucks a month. Yep. And they can access this library of games. And what we would like to do is put MLB The Show on Game Pass on day one of availability. So now, if you are a PlayStation owner and die hard, you have to pay that $60 to $70 for this game to play it while Xbox owners, people who subscribe to Game Pass, Get it on day one at no additional fee. Xbox stole the show.
1: Now, Andrew, I want to remind you that PlayStation has an equivalent that I believe offers Ratchet and Clank from six years ago (laughs) for, uh, for free and download. Xbox Game Pass is becoming such a compelling reason to switch consoles or just get a subscription and play it wherever, and it gets more compelling each major release.
0: Let's get someone up on here with us. All right, I'm going to bring up Warren right now. Warren, first time. Warren, let me unmute you. How are you doing, sir? What's happening, Warren?
6: What's happening? You guys can hear me.
0: We can hear you great.
6: Okay, awesome. Good, good. Yeah, like Xbox did still, Microsoft did did a pull a good move here. They're leveraging Game Pass heavily, and it makes a lot of sense. one of the other reasons I think MLB win did this is because there's no baseball game on Xbox at all. Yeah. So 2K stopped making their game. So there's only one baseball game like this. But the difference being is I don't think it's like Madden where it's exclusively set that way. So it makes sense for them to do this. And it's making Game Pass more and more compelling. And it's really, I think, a way to, one, drive consoles. And then, two, you you can drive PCs with it as well, too, because it works on PC as well. And all you need is an Xbox controller to be able to just play it and just go with it. So I can see Sony fans being a bit salty about this. But I think what you mentioned, John, that they that Sony has an equivalent. I just recently did a video about this. They actually don't really have a direct equivalent no, they, to Game Pass.
2: They, they
1: don't.
6: Was, they have two, the exact- two separate services which I did a video explaining about recently that I still have to explain in the comments because of how they have these two <laughs> services set up because yeah. it does not make any sense that they have it separated the way they do. This is really the one key thing Microsoft can do to compete in this space because of how badly they messed up the Xbox One pulling a lot of lg marketing tactics with the way they did a lot of things they cleaned it up at the end but it was far too late by the time they yeah. did it they let they let the media run away with the narrative that they allowed to run because if you looked at what microsoft was talking about in selling a game console it makes 100 percent sense in making it a media entertainment device they were telling you hey we want to give you more out of your system than just playing games and gamers got mad about that Right. Far be that for me, why I understand that.
0: days, though. Let's give Phil yeah. Spencer the credit for taking that and turning it completely around.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think Microsoft's going to have to make more moves like this. We saw the Bethesda move just happen. There's talks of them getting Sega down the road or trying to buy the Sega franchise, which I hope they do. Because I really, this is a question, for, I think, for you guys, uh, a discussion you might want to have. We know a Switch XL is coming. It's going to be called XL, just by the way Nintendo does their naming. Sony oh, super has Super Switch. Super, I think they'll save that for when they actually graphically change the <laughs> thing to okay, something okay, else. Okay. I think they will sa- save that. We know Sony's kind of bowed out of this game, but a PS Vita 2 has to be somewhere in the pipeline for them to compete in the space because Nintendo has proven that. portable gaming is still a thing, mobile gaming is a separate thing. They're two separate things, mm-hmm. and Nintendo's proven that with the Switch. Microsoft doesn't have anything in this space, but what if they buy Sega and then can redistribute out the game gear? We'd have three players in both spaces, which I don't think we've ever had in, since the 90s. For a long time.
0: But I want, like, do, is it necessary? If you can get Game Pass on an iPhone, on an Android device, on tablets, on PC.
6: yeah, on an iPhone, yeah, on an iPhone. Well, we yet, eh. the, the <laughs> from what
0: I've heard, just so everyone knows, I live in Seattle, I live about 15 minutes from the Xbox campus. So there's a lot of people around me that work in that area. From what I'm hearing, not just for iPhone, but for browser in general, it's actually gonna be a pretty good experience way better than what I initially assumed it would be, which sounds like garbage. But if you can have a good mobile experience on tablets, on phones, on computers, do you still need dedicated hardware or do you just focus on getting it anywhere that you can? Any device you already have, Game Pass is there for you.
6: I think it's overstated how many people actually will game like that on mobile phones. It's interesting, yes, you can do it, but you gotta carry a separate controller. You gotta carry a clip. You gotta carry more with it versus something like a Nintendo Switch, especially the Switch Lite. Everything's connected there right to it. I even noticed like, I play my mobile games and obviously I play Game Pass as such as well too. But when it came down to wanting to play on that mobile experience, I picked up my Switch Lite far more to play Metroid, Super Metroid, a game I never played before, actually, surprisingly. And I played and beat that on the Switch Lite. I didn't even want to play it on my TV. I wanted to play right in there, in that experience. Mm-hmm. I played a ton, a metric ton of Super Mario 35, way too much than anyone should have humanly <laughs> actually did. Uh, that I got, I got a star next to my number. That's all, like <laughs> how, how far I went with that. Right. I like that experience and I think that's so different than playing on a mobile phone because your phone can game and and the phone's not even really doing the gaming. It's being streamed over right. in the cloud. So you just have another screen that you're viewing that experience on. So it's like, what's the difference between that and just playing it on your computer or just playing it on and, your TV?
1: So can I can I jump in here with a crazy what if for you what's guys? Please do. Crazy what if world. So the Switch has been a a runaway hit, right? Mobile gaming, dock at your TV, that experience comes with you wherever you go. We're seeing Game Pass now, you know, still in beta, but ultimately come to, let's say the iPhone. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. On 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 your browser. Now, last I checked, Apple's been changing their ways and getting Apple software on TVs a lot more. Whether you own a Roku or the manufacturers, And Microsoft has been playing really nicely with their partners. They're no longer direct competition with Apple. They're outside of the PC space, right? Microsoft makes some of the best iPhone apps going. What if AirPlay 3 is coming? Hypothetically, AirPlay 3 is coming, really low latency. Suddenly, when wirelessly now, you can achieve that same docking of your phone. And you can use your Xbox controller. You can use a PlayStation controller, whatever Bluetooth controller works. What if that's Microsoft's move? What if that's the thing that gets them out of making physical console hardware? And like, you've got a phone, you've got an iPhone. Awesome. We have a service for you. Apple has the user base. It's a network. Good. Microsoft might have the money to persuade Apple to do it. And it would Im- imagine that keynote announcing whatever the iPhone 14 Airplay Airplay 3 comes out. And if you want to buy an iPhone, you're also getting what would be considered a wireless Xbox.
6: I mean, isn't that
1: effectively what Google does with Chromecast and Stadia stuff? Except it doesn't work with the new Stadia. It doesn't
6: work with the new Chromecast hardware. Yeah. doesn't work that great. I'm I
1: don't just know. So what if?
6: I can't see Apple doing that without them trying to force you to buy an Apple TV. I just can't see them not tying some hardware to what that service would be. I definitely can see what you're saying with, with them doing that with like another AirPlay But what would the experience be and could they guarantee that experience to be as console-like as possible? And we've seen with Amazon Luna and Google Stadia that that really hasn't been proven to be a great thing in the cloud. Now, I can see them doing that for their own Apple Arcade and games and stuff like that. But mobile gaming, like I said, mobile gaming and and console gaming are two different things because mobile gaming has titles, but it's really dependent upon the freemium and the microtransaction market versus portable games, you buy that, you mm-hmm. kind of got to what it is with a couple yeah. of add-ons, but the add-ons you get on console games tend to be of a higher quality. You kind of get more out of it than you do with a smartphone game, a mobile game, which can also just shut down because that happened to me before. I used to play a lot of Tetris Blitz and it just shut the game down and yeah. I'm still hot about that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I invested some money into that game that is like yeah, just said, no, just shut it down. Like, But that, that could be a real concern because you don't see that with the dedicated consoles. I mean, we have the PS3, PSV, and a PSV store shutting down, but they gave you a way to access those games as long as you played the long as you bought those games at some point. You can download those and play those again at any point in time. And I imagine if they release new mobile or portable hardware again, like a Vita two, you'd probably have access to that again. Sure. And the smartphone side of things, you have none of that. They just kill your game. Who cares? If you paid thirty bucks and invested it. another hundred bucks into the into it. So unless you like Candy Crush that will live forever or Asphalt 9 that will live forever, you, don't really, you know, the, the, it, it's very questionable about any other game you invest into. All right.
0: Warren, thank you. I want to bring up thank you, Anabong yeah, back no up problem. here because this man has strong opinions. Then if he's still available, we'll do painfully his tech to get his opinion on this. And then we'll go to questions and go out from there. So let's get Anabong back up here. This man, this man's a Game Pass user. Him and I have yep. basically been trying to tell people what they were missing with Game Pass. People just, well, it's just the Netflix place of gaming. No, there's something more here you're not seeing. We've been making this argument for the past seven months, so it's interesting to see what's happening now. So, Enabon, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? So, here's the thing with Game Pass.
4: We've had these discussions on Twitter, you know, Viper who was one of those people who yep. refused, is now a fan. And I think, you know, to the point of saying this is like Netflix again, it is actually very apt and correct. It's very correct in the sense that people are treating this like Netflix from seven years ago. I'm not understanding it, it. It feels closer to Netflix that we currently have. With this announcement, of, with the MLB The Show 21 coming, it makes perfect sense. And in Microsoft, it's showing its leverage. You know, they said they were, going to, they were going to buy a bunch of things. They were going to do a lot of things to showcase what they can do. And they are by number one. Bethesda is huge. A lot of people don't realize once the games start flowing in directly from Bethesda, how you have to get an Xbox or you have to get a game, at least you have to get game pass to play. The other aspect is we know... Discord is probably going to be finalized unless something mm-hmm. comes out of left field for that. But them adding Discord cements the PC side of being and giving PC a proper voice chat, which again, allows Microsoft to get its own clubhouse <laughs> because Discord has said they're going to include clubhouse features, you know, yeah. that social network that Microsoft has been missing. Then you now move forward to some of the things you've discussing with Warren, where Warren said, we're talking about where else will this go? Microsoft has said, you know, we heard Phil Spencer talk about having like a smaller dongle-like box for Xbox Game Pass streaming, right? Being, they like He mentioned something like that could come in the future. We know that LG has partnered with Stadia, and Stadia app will be coming later this year to LG TVs. Mm-hmm. And I know... That Microsoft will be doing the same will show up first Samsung TVs. So you have that on TVs that you're going to buy in 2021. Then you're going to be able to have a little dongle you can buy and just connect to your TV and basically stream Game Pass that way. So the idea of having the Xbox everywhere becomes a reality for Microsoft because for them, what they're doing here is simply just saying, pick your medium. Now, the other thing, too, that's interesting is when it comes to the mobile space, Warren said you know, PlayStation should should come back with a PlayStation Vita 2, which I I believe they should. Competition is great. We also just heard an announcement that Qualcomm, at least there was a rumor that Qualcomm is building their own mobile gaming handset in partner with Tencent. I saw a report last week that Tencent has spent close to a billion in working on this mobile handset or something like that. I can't remember the exact amount. Now that is for mobile gaming, but a device like that brings into question some of the things that Warren was talking about. Having the ability to move into that gaming space mobile, that is more of a hybrid of both. And you take the the duo. Yes, the duo failed on many accounts, but it's also showed a lot of problems in a lot of accounts, right? Its first outing wasn't great, but this is typical Microsoft with their first outing on devices. It's never really spot on. But you can see the idea of the Duo not being as powerful, something like that, not being as powerful as you want to, or making a device, a handout that literally is not that powerful. You can take like a three-year-old phone spec and create a mobile streaming device if you wanted to. Now, I'm not saying it's something now, but it's down the line you can actually bring to the table. Now, I think what it does for the industry is now it's, it, it should wake Sony up. Sony has to look at it and say, we cannot have PlayStation now, PlayStation Plus. We need to combine this two as one. Like, there is no way that's going to happen. And Nintendo needs to wake up and make its own Nintendo Super Pass or whatever. Because, I look, I know they love selling us Mario every new device, but I am getting tired of rebuying stuff <laughs> all over again. So I think, I think that needs to happen. But I think it's going to be, it's, it's an interesting space that Microsoft is playing because Microsoft has just said, look, we're technology giants. So we're going to take that to the next level. And I'm also looking at Sony, I'm going, gaming phones have become more mature. Why can't you make a gaming phone that literally has a better camera, has better audio, because you do well in all those categories. And this is kind of going back to that whole LGR argument of saying, sometimes some of these companies don't realize what they need to do to make things work. Now, the last part where John was talking about like an airplane 3 and Apple you know, coming into, the, into that, that mix, I think Apple is having a hard time with what they want to do. And I don't think we'll see that because Apple has tried to create a hurdle by saying, go make a web app if you want to to bring Stadia, Game Pass, GeForce Now over Mm -hmm. because Apple just released some new games on Apple Arcade, some nice stuff, which is great because they know very well that once the generation hits, once the console generation hits, then us gamers are like, oh my, this is a new game, this is a new game. And if you can get it on Game Pass easily or even Stadia, they just put it that way, if you can get it on any of the services and play directly with your phone you're not going to want to spend more time on Apple Arcade. So they have to figure out how, because for them, it's not to figure out if they care about the market, it's figure out can they make money. Apple makes most of its money from the Apple store, the app store, sorry. That is literally where they make a bulk of their cash. So when games are now taken away from the store, it becomes a problem. So they, I, I think right now they're looking at ways to frame that in some perspective where they can, get some of that caching. I mean it's a business. I'm not faulting them for that. It's just what yeah. you need to do uh, in that sense. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because right now PlayStation fanboys are angry. They're angry that the sh- you know, MLB the show is gonna win. They're thinking what else will be taken from us, right? And they're not realizing that they should demand that PlayStation does the same. Because one thing about if you're a PlayStation player, all you need to do is just pay for game pass. You That's do it. not need to get an Xbox. There's exactly. a, like you mentioned, there's a web app coming. There will be an app for Windows, which means then your Intel UltraBook becomes a gaming device. Like you don't need to download anything anymore. You know, your even your Chromebook becomes a more, more respected gaming device because you just you're playing it off Chrome. Done. Simple. So those are the things that. I think Sony needs to really look at and say, look, if we don't do this, if Sony doesn't launch it by the end of the year, or at least even give us an announcement, I think they've slowly screwed themselves over. They're not going to necessarily lose, but they're going to see a lot of people go with, you know what? I might pick up an Xbox Series S because I'm not a, I'm not an Xbox fan anyway, but it's going to become cheaper. And if Microsoft released, like releases a $50 dongle for you to play Xbox you know they will sell that hardware. I mean, like, that's a Christmas gift you just throw in me. Like, look, my friend's a big PlayStation fan. I want him to play this Bethesda game. Here you go. You know, I mean, I've enjoyed Game Pass because now Christmas, all the kids that are in my life's nephews and nieces, they all got Game Pass because I don't have to buy them a console anymore. Uncle doesn't need to do all that heavy lifting. I just need to give them Game Pass and it's done. It is great. It's a great service. So I think all these other companies need to look at it and go like, we're missing out. It's the race that you know Netflix started, and then Disney was like, oh, we're missing out on all this money. We need to set up our own service. And HBO said the same thing. So it's just that whole race that they all need to catch up quickly or else they're just going to lose out.
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that opinion. Let me bring you in- dead. One other person. Before we do, I want to address Warren's comment. Warren says in the chat, Nintendo will never do it. Their first-party brands are too strong. I don't disagree, but I think we also have a very recent example of a company with very strong first-party brands that did put a subscription in front of it, and that would be Disney, Disney+. Plus. They've taken all these major brands, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and for one price, one small price in my opinion you get all this content and they are i I feel like they've set themselves up to kind of dominate in streaming the same way that nintendo could probably dominate in gaming if they just let us subscribe let me pay you 10 bucks a month for your for your catalog i would do it all right i'm bringing i'm bringing in front page tech this will be our last guest for the show we're gonna end it on on some Game Pass talk. I just want to hear his thoughts on this as well as the whole Bethesda thing. Then we'll go to questions. All right, and then we'll be out of here, Mr. Front Page Tech. Painfully, Jason, honest, tech. Painfully oh. honest tech. Painfully honest tech. Whoa! Oh my God! What am I doing?
3: What is I'm that? Looking for Prosser to my, show up. Oh man! My, ap- my <laughs> apologies. Like, no, my it's apologies. cool. It's cool. It's cool. I've been mistaken for John. Never. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, on the Game Pass thing, I think, that, I think that it's been kind of sneaky. But So I got an Xbox Series X. I have not yet been able to score a PS5, and I'm a PlayStation guy, right? I also play on PC. When I looked at the Xbox Pass, you know, the Game Pass, I was like, oh, there's Squadrons, which I own on PC. I don't have to buy it again. There's Fallout. There were literally like 10 different titles that I didn't have to buy again. And some of them were games that I played on PlayStation, like Battlefield, stuff like that. Some of them were games that I played on PC. Some of them are games that I wanted to check out but didn't want to spend, you know, $70 on. Right. So I think for somebody like me who is mostly a PlayStation guy and now with the advent of crossplay and stuff like that coming around, all of a sudden I can be console agnostic on those games that i can get through you know i can play on my pc i can play on my xbox i can do whatever and and playstation's kind of get getting left behind in that i mean they've got to be like tearing their hair out because people can't get the hardware right i mean xbox is not much better but at least it's been a little bit more available yeah so that's the short term. You can convert people over to an Xbox experience if they can do the things that they were already doing on their other consoles, if they can play the games. If you're a casual, like if you're, you're just a straight up casual gamer for whatever it was, was it $12 a month or something like that? You have your pick of, of like so many different AAA games that maybe you wanted to yep. check out, but you weren't ready to commit that kind of money to. And so I think it's the perfect storm. Because I really firmly believe that this is the last console generation. I think that the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X are so close to what PCs can do anyway. And then smart TVs are getting so much smarter and more powerful. Like at some seven years from now, if this console generation lasts seven years like the last one, Mm -hmm. I can't see another console generation, but I can see the intellectual properties, the games, the catalogs all making their move over like, you know, Netflix started out with DVDs. DVDs are dead. Netflix owns the market, right? Mm -hmm. They own the streaming market, although their programming hasn't been as good as it once was. It's, (laughs) you know, they, they still were way ahead of the game. And I think that, Xbox and Microsoft have the opportunity to be way ahead of the game as well, like it, when people look at like, oh well, if it's a dongle, I pay a hundred bucks fifty bucks, whatever it is for that dongle to plug into my TV or I buy a Samsung TV and it's got Xbox built in, mm-hmm. and these TVs are now gonna have. V-sync support, they're now going to have 120 hertz. They're not, you know, I mean, some like the higher-end TVs already have this stuff. So the gaming experience that people could have is just going to be absolutely fantastic without having to do all of this extra lifting. And Game Pass just puts everything right there in front of you. So it goes against the console wars mentality. It's no longer like PlayStation versus Xbox, it's about the content. And if if Sony doesn't play the same game, I mean, they've always won on content because they had exclusives, right? And their exclusives have always been better. But now, I mean, if you can play nearly anything you want except those PlayStation exclusives (laughs) and not have to spend... I mean, if you buy 10 games a year, $700, then, I mean, well, I guess you're paying that if you're doing... (laughs) If you're doing the the Game Pass, but you're playing multiple games, you're playing whatever, yeah. you know, basically whatever you want. So I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well said. On here.
0: So I think the one thing I want to respond to before we get to the questions on what Jason just said, I do, I do feel like we're still going to have consoles at least for one more generation. Because one thing that consoles do for these companies is allows them to get this licensing money. And Microsoft has actually come out and said flat out there will be more Xbox hardware in future generations, at least for one more. So unless they've you know, scrapped that, it seems like they have, you know, they have this vision that, that we don't see just yet. Um, the other quick thing, he said the seven, spending 700 bucks a year on games versus on Game Pass. Game Pass is 10 bucks a month. You can spend $120 a year and get access to all this stuff which I believe they have over 300 games on there at this point. So it's incredible. I didn't expect this to turn into the Game chat, the game Pass show. It was interesting. It
1: Let's take a real quick, uh, <laughs> a real quick pivot. I, I love yes. playing like, the what-if scenarios down the road, not based on anything. I mean, you could say Samsung QLED TV Xbox Edition. I mean, there are yep. people in, the, in right. the comments talking about what about having this built into TVs. just the ultimate what-if. Let's play the ultimate what-if right? You can get apps on your PS5. What about a Game Pass app on your PS5?
0: Well, listen, you don't even need the app. When they release through the, it for browser, through the browser, just go to the browser on your PS5. In fact, if you have an Xbox One and you don't want to buy an Xbox Series S or X, go to the browser on that mm-hmm. and play Game Pass. Like I feel like there's something here. There's more to Game Pass and Game Pass streaming than what Microsoft has led on so far. And I feel like we're, we're in for a couple more surprises.
1: I agree. And, you know, we talked about Google earlier, not really caring that much about the Pixel. They're a big company. Too many irons in the fire. They don't care about the Pixel. Uh, Microsoft is huge, and they care about gaming. I don't know if they care about Xbox hardware, but they care about gaming. And it's amazing to see what a company with their resources can do when they care and see the potential. And clearly the future is in Game Pass. And I think Microsoft has not only the war chest and the budget, but also the, the business minds and the acumen mm-hmm. to play real. I mean, back of a letter analogy, play hardball. I mean, right? Bring in the show. Yeah. I mean, that was, sure. that was a, a, sure. a, an amazing coup. And I think a real sort of smack across the bow to, you know, PlayStation fans. And I think what Jason said, too, about not being able to get hardware. There's a lot of people who want to play PS5, can't get one. and just
0: like, F yeah. it. Right, right. Man, I would, I would, we're going to go to questions, but I would have loved to be in the room when PlayStation executives saw the news drop that, that Game Pass was getting the show on yeah. day one. Okay, let's get to these questions. All right. First one right here from Josh. Do you think LG should have seen the end of their smartphone line a while ago? Yes, eight consecutive quarters of loss. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. Eight is, I mean, the two straight years. I feel like when I saw everybody seemed to think when they saw the wing, right? Oh, LG is innovating it. When I saw that, I was like, that's it. Like, no one is buying that. No one. That's not what people. What are you flipping? The, no, oh, Look, I love the I love the
1: wing. But I I get that. I get that. It wasn't a big seller. And I get why people average consumer, it. though. 100%. I get
0: why we would like it, but the average yeah. person on the no, they don't want, they don't well get out of here with that. So I think they did see it coming and they started trying these weird things to see if <laughs> anything would jumpstart the line, but it just didn't work. Okay, let me mark that as answered. Let's see here. Next, Jason asks, Apple was founded 45 years ago. Over the Can weekend. they keep being at the forefront of new tech? And I feel like for me, if I were answering this, I would say. Yes. It doesn't mean I think they will, but they can because the Apple of today is not the Apple that was started 45 years ago with Steve Jobs at the helm and all that. I think Tim Cook is a tremendous CEO with good vision. And in an interview this morning, he actually said, I don't think he meant it as a big announcement, but he doesn't see himself being at Apple in 10 years. So they're, he's 60 years old today, so 10 years from now, he's 70. There's not going to be a 70-year-old CEO running Apple. So I believe they're already planning not just for the future of the product line, but for the future of who's leading the company. And if they keep up with the trajectory they're on, and especially in this day and age where we're seeing so much, just in tech in general, take company names out of it, tech and biotech, and we're seeing we're in an we're in an age where we're seeing so much innovation. Apple has the opportunity, I think, to stay where they are. What do you think though?
1: I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Certainly I I think the okay. answer yeah. I think the answer is yes. But Apple is essentially the iPhone company and all their products are iPhone peripheral, right? AirPods, all that kind of stuff for iPhone, mm-hmm. iPhone peripherals. But they're, they're an iPhone company that also makes some computers and tablets for the most part. If your whole business or at least, I don't know the exact percentage, let's say 60% of your business is reliant on one series of products, that mm-hmm. would give me pause, right? BlackBerry, sure. dominated, Blackberry dominated for decades. There's always somebody hungrier looking to get in there. So while I do think Apple will keep being at the forefront, I do not think they can keep resting on their laurels and cannot go the BlackBerry route. You know, don't make us choose between between 3G and Wi-Fi. You know, don't give us the modern version of that choice. And I think Apple will be fine.
0: I absolutely agree with you. It does seem like Apple is, from all the rumors, looking into what's the next big thing rather than just kind of sticking with the iPhone. So that is at least good news. Okay, next question. We're just rapid firing through these. Do you see LG's decision to use Webos? Oh, WebOS. (laughs) WebOS into their TVs was a good idea. I think it was a good idea. WebOS has been cool. It's been, I think, the most fluid, responsive OS since they started using it. This year, with the new TVs, is the first time they've drastically changed it. I haven't used the 2021 TVs yet, but it looks like it's kind of, WebOS is kind of grown up. It's less like bubbly and, and fun. It looks more utilitarian. I don't know if that's good or bad.
1: I have a 2020 LG OLED in my bedroom with WebOS. I love it. I think it's amazing. I think it's one of the best TV OSs out there. I wish WebOS still existed on phones. But I think it's,
0: <laughs> yes. I think it's a, a solid decision. Okay, we got three more. Next question. What do you think the future of applications for the Mac will be? Now with M1 and App Store continuity, will developers continue with web apps? Well, the thing with web apps is they work anywhere, right? If you have a web app, it can work on a Mac. It can work on a PC, an Android device, a tablet, a Chromebook, an iPhone. But I feel like similar to what when I said earlier with Game Pass, like I feel like there's something there that we don't even – there's more to the story than we're seeing today. I feel like there's more to the story than we're seeing today when it comes to how apps are gonna interact with Apple hardware. I think we're still in the early stages of this and the full breadth of what's gonna happen won't be revealed until basically the next major Apple product comes.
1: So uh, Rumi, who asked that question, did you like how Andrew danced around it and didn't answer your question directly?
0: I thought I did. Will they continue with web apps? Yes, they will.
1: Okay, there's an answer. I think web apps will always have a place, but I think when developers can have access to Mac OS users, as well as iPhone, iPad OS users, that's also a very endearing market to get into. So I think both
0: will continue to be developed for. All right. Next question. Josh is back. Do you see more products of LG going away? Could you see some other company buy LG? i I personally don't see another company buying LG. I think a lot of times, people don't realize just how huge some of these companies are, especially in like the Asia area. like I said earlier, LG. is not just a phone company. they're making TVs. they're making displays for other TV makers. they're making they were making phones, they're making washing machines, they're making fridges. They're like, they are massive. Yep. Just because they failed in one area, just like would you say if I said to you, LG, stop making fridges because no one was like, so what? They have so many other product lines that they're a behemoth. They're, they're I don't think they're going anywhere. Well, as well products go, though, any products I don't I mean their TVs are are top of the line. I think that's probably the best thing they're known for. I don't see what other industries they're not going to leave the the home market right like the home appliances. Mm-hmm. I think
1: maybe what Josh was asking, could LG exit the U.S market?
0: That answer could potentially
1: be yes, but in their home country of South Korea, I mean the the pillars that whole economy, it's, it's Samsung, it's LG. and Hyundai, you know Hyundai Kia in there. I mean the the, the, com- the country is so reliant, it's, it's too big to be sold and too big to fail in South Korea. Now they could, they could certainly leave the U.S market, but I don't see that coming either. I think if anything, we're going to see a better, leaner version of LG. I think we're going to see better displays, better screens, better TVs, more money spent behind those. I think we're going to see something new with their home appliances. I'm not that plugged into home appliances, but I think we'll see more more money and more R&D poured in. And I think that's where LG's really been good. Let them make the hardware. They make amazing hardware. I think we're going to see a new version of LG over the next coming years. And I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah. And by the way, Apple has been promoting LG's displays for their for the average consumer because Apple has a... A very high-end display, but if you're not going to buy that, they recommend the yeah. LG Ultrafine. So LG, I think LG is going to be okay even without phones. Yeah. Last question. Josh, again, Josh hit us with several questions. Do you see a smaller notch and a slight camera upgrade as the main features for the iPhone 13 or 12? That's whatever you want to call it. Let me just say the size of the notch is not a feature. That is not a feature. It just is. It just is. It's it's just I'm buying the phone because did you see that small notch? I need to pre-order no no. It's not a feature.
1: I uh, want to sell you the problem and sell you the solution to that problem.
0: <laughs> Every year Apple tries to do something with the camera that stands out. So I do think we'll see something that would be considered more than a slight camera upgrade but i think it's going to be like with the iphone it's always the whole of the package I don't, I don't i rarely think it's any one thing even though apple might say hey 5g ma- major feature i really think it's about all the little things we talked about it last on last week's show if you take everything that's rumored and put it all together that seems like it's just the whole of the phone is the major feature and not any one thing what do you say
1: i think mean, that's a fair a fair answer i mean the the rumors certainly are leading to the notch being smaller in the iPhone, let's call it 13 line across the board. Apple does like to sort of gravitate to their whole package. So we'll see cameras. I think we'll see the sensor shift technology make its way across the whole camera line, not just on the the Pro Max version. And I think that alone will probably be enough upgrade plus some Apple marketing magic sort of make people want to do that upgrade. And then trying to presumably upsell people to 120 Hertz, whatever their promotion on the Pro line, I think will probably round out that package well. What makes me excited about the next generation phones is the next generation Qualcomm modems that are going to be in them that are theoretically significantly better than what we have right Mm -hmm. now. And we see the speed test all the time. I've done it. We're like, oh, look how slow 5G is. That's not the 5G story, right? You're connected to 5G, it's theoretically much faster. Your speeds right now, there's a lot of bottlenecks to get that speed to your phone. Getting those modem upgrades, while very not a sexy feature, is a huge step to getting those speeds that people are expecting with 5K. G, yes. I am excited for that. And I'm sure that's something Apple won't even mention on stage. It'll probably be on their like everything else slide that they put up there. Yeah. We'll screen screenshot and, and read through. Other than that, the big feature probably on the iPhone 13 Touch ID, allegedly coming back either in screen or on the power button.
0: Got it. Okay. By the way, Josh has said he's sorry for spamming the question area, but let me just say, we appreciate we that. Like, we love those comments. This is why we're doing this show on Super is to get that back and forth with the listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. Let me bring Jason back up because we're about to get out of here. Um, but Jason, I just want to thank you, Jason, for having us here I mean, for hosting us on Super and uh, just let people know, remind people before we get out of here what this is all about and what they can expect from this platform in the future.
2: Well let me just say thank you to John. I will thank Drew once he gets back. Now you can uh, just thank you, thank me. Just... I mean, I listen, since he's not here, I will just say I've always liked you better, John. Oh I'm my right god.
5: Here. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, if only I timed that more perfectly. <laughs> But more importantly, I just want to say thank you both. This has been a really great experience for me. I'm normally the one hosting these things. So this has been an oddly stressful time for me because I'm not in control. But I really do appreciate it. For those that are are interested in seeing more super shows, we've got lots coming. It is not live on our website yet. But this Friday, we are going to be having the pleasure of interviewing uh, Titus O'Neill, who is a WWE wrestler. I know, Drew, you're a big fan. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as somebody who is a wrestling aficionado, Oh, wait, I'm not. Oh, this is going to be an exciting show. <laughs> uh, me and but, me and uh, Warren will be there. Come on over to Super super.events. Where we've got more shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Nellis if you want to see more. And we're going to be having some fun. But most importantly, as we as we are about to close out, guys, was this was this fun for you? Was this something you'd like to do again in the future? I love this.
1: I, I, I had a blast with this. I don't know how it's going to translate to the audio side, people listening in their cars, but I loved this live sort of geared up uh, kind of show.
0: Yeah, I think it was fun. Like, usually it always feels like John and I are hanging out as friends and we bring one other friend in. And today it just felt like it was just a group of us friends hanging out, talking, plus the listeners and people who follow us elsewhere who we don't usually get to talk to other than through text in, you know, 140 characters or 280, whatever. So this was really cool. I am looking forward to seeing how this platform grows.
2: Same. Awesome. Well, on behalf of the Super Team, thank you guys. This has been a lot of fun. And definitely uh, to those of you who joined us in the uh, in the front row as well as in the questions and in the chat, this was awesome. I had a great time. I hope you all did too. Thank you everybody. This was I had a, a blast with this. So thanks
1: Super for hosting us. Thank you everybody for, uh, for stopping by and chatting. I had a bunch of topics that we didn't even get to that I'm <laughs> going to save
0: for next week's show. Next week, there you go. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube I'm at YouTube.com slash live and John is at YouTube.com slash john for lakers Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really, wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a GearLive podcast and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards and we'll catch you in the next episode.